if you approach your health and fitness with that kind of self-love, so I love myself enough to do good for myself. That's a very powerful place to be because when you do that and you make that commitment to your own health and your own fitness, your own joy, your wellness, you go into this with a whole different mindset. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, and I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. Hey, how are you feeling? I mean, really? These are some crazy times, right? (sighs) I have to say that personally, I'm feeling ridiculously blessed. I'm healthy overall. The people closest to me are safe and healthy, and I'm doing work I love. But I will say that my outlook during this time has definitely been up and down. And we've all heard about the quarantine 15, right? Yeah, I've gained some weight during this time. I call it the, uh, I'll call it the quarantine. The thing is, I've been exercising and I don't feel like I've been making really unhealthy choices, but I'm finding it harder than ever to stay at the weight where I feel most comfortable and I have been tired. And Let's face it, I mean, it could very well be hormones and stuff related to menopause. (laughs) Okay, gentlemen, don't freak out and stop listening. Um, This episode is not about menopause. It is about midlife fitness. We're talking about fitness for the first time with Alan Meisner. He's the host of the 40 Plus Fitness Podcast and author of The Wellness Roadmap, a straightforward guide to health and fitness after 40. He has an awesome transformation story. I can't wait for you to hear it. And of course, he has some tips on what it takes to stay healthy in midlife. And by the way, if you do listen all the way to the end of the podcast, just a little hint, you may want to stick around. Um, That's all. Let's go. Alan, thank you so much for being here with me. No problem at all. Seriously. Um, I found you, I think through listening to another podcast you were on, and then I found your podcast and your story struck me as it it just really hit me hard. I think that, well, you had an, I have an image, um, from some of the descriptions from both the, the, interview that you did that I heard, and then from your bio on your website, talking about you being on the beach. I think you were 39. Yeah. And 37, you, 39, somewhere in that range. I forget exactly. Somewhere in that year, range. Yeah. And you were on vacation, right? And you yeah. were playing a volleyball game and I'm going to let you take it from here because <laughs> it's such a good story and I don't want to botch it. Yeah. Okay. Well, to put it in context, when I was in my twenties, I found volleyball. And I started playing sand volleyball competitively. Uh, I played in tournaments. So, I, you know, we basically, if you won tournaments, you made money. So I, I, I call myself semi-pro because I was on teams and we, we made money and stuff uh, playing cool. volleyball. And mm-hmm. so I was pretty good at it and really fit. And, you know, playing two-man or playing four-man is still a pretty grueling game to play on the sand. And so yeah. it's something I've always loved. And part of the reason that I had bought that timeshare there uh, was they had a volleyball court and they had a daily match, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, they, everybody goes out there and plays volleyball. It's just a thing. 
Yeah. Uh, just like water aerobics at noon and, you know, ping pong at two. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, I I'm awful at volleyball. Never, <laughs> ever was good at that. So yeah. kudos to you. Well, I, I go out on the sand. Game. I go out on the sand and I start playing and I'm... I'm just sucking wind. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. My heart is racing. Uh, I'm just all sweaty and I just, I feel horrible. I, you know, really was concerned. And so I, yeah. I had to ask someone to sub for me and I don't know any point in my life where I actually wanted someone to come sub for me. I could play for hours and hours and not have that problem. So yeah. I sat down, got some uh, water and everything was fine. I didn't, didn't have a cardiac arrest. I didn't die, uh, obviously. Uh, but I felt like I was, and it was just one of those moments when you realize I just lost something that was very, very important to me. Yeah. I used to be an athlete and it's one of the weird things is a lot of times we still like to think of ourselves as our 20 year old self or 30 year old oh, self. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, well, of course I can lift <laughs> this thing. And of course I can do that. And Oh, it's a 5k next weekend. Sure. I'll run that with you. Um, uh, no idea that physically we had allowed ourselves to decline to a point where mm -hmm. we can't do those things. So the next day I'm sitting on the beach meditating and uh, I'm just thinking to myself, what, what have I done? Where, where am I? Why am I here? You know, my career was booming. I was doing great there, making plenty of money. Um, and I'm sitting on a beautiful beach in Mexico and life should be good, but I was miserable. And I, I call myself and forgive me for the language. You can bleep this out if you need to, but the fat bastard. <laughs> and I thought I have to do something. And so for the next eight years, it was try this and fail and try that and fail. And uh, some of them were tragic and some of them were scary. And some of the fails were hilarious in hindsight, you know, and sit there and yeah. say, I did the insanity workout. And I, the next morning I felt like someone had beat me to death with a baseball bat. I couldn't even get out of bed. I had to call in sick because I had overdone it. Just uh, too much. Yeah. yeah. So I had these struggles and I was like, why, why am I not successful at this? And that was eight years of trying and failing, trying and failing. Um, I think on your bio, it said that you were doing kind of the, the yo-yo thing. So were you yeah. getting really fit and then losing ground again? I and would, then, I would not was say just... really fit. I, I would lose 10 pounds uh -huh. and then I'd put on 15, uh. you know, and I'd be like, okay, that's that, that didn't happen. Or I would sit down and I'd really get serious about something and say, okay, this is it. I'm going to drink water. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, do this exercise. And I, I'll for, never forget this. I was in Malaysia and I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, they're in uh, Ramadan. So they're fasting. And I said, so it'd be easy for me. I'll just, you know, do a day fast, be, be middle of the day fast. I'll eat a good breakfast and I'll eat a good dinner. And so that should help. And I did that all week and I drank plenty of water. And then I got on the airplane and all I did was drink water on the airplane. And I got home and it was like Tuesday morning though. So I got, I got home during the weekend and I, I kept doing what I was doing, exercising, drinking water. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday, I had a, a, a seizure in my office and oh, collapsed to the floor and uh, messed myself and threw up and it was oh, my just, just disgusting. But uh, yeah. anyway, I, I, I drove myself home. They wanted to call an ambulance. Like, no, I'll just go home and rest. And uh, nine o'clock that night, I was feeling horrible again. Had you like, ever had a seizure before? That's no, so no, no. It was. Uh, wow. I 
and, and at this point, I, my chest was starting to hurt. So I, I drove myself oh my to the emergency room. And I can tell you, if you're a middle-aged man and you go into the emergency room and you say chest pains, they don't wait. They rush you to the back. Uh, so, you know, if your ankle hurts, just tell them it's chest pains. They'll get you back there a lot quicker. But uh, <laughs> so I get back there and they put me on a drip. They give me some nitroglycerin and they're got an EKG, the whole thing going. Uh, and then a nurse practitioner comes to me about an hour later and says, okay, here's, here's the deal. Uh, you did not have a heart attack. Uh, what happened was you are extremely dehydrated, but huh. you're also, your sodium is off the charts low. He says, you're at that line where you could have gone into a coma. Wow. And what it's basically, it's called water poisoning, uh, is, the, <gasps> is the common call for oh, yeah. it. I've heard of this. And I but you also, were dehydrated. Well, yeah. So he says he says you're in this weird, weird place where uh, if you drink more fluids, you're going to flush out more sodium, and if you flush out more sodium, you're going to go into a coma. Oh um, so he said you need to get we need to get more sodium in your system, and we're doing that through this drip IV. So it's a saline solution, it's a saltwater solution. So that's putting some sodium back in your system. Uh, we're going to let you finish out this IV. Uh, and he said, on your way home, you know, get some Gatorade or something like that from a grocery store. Uh -huh. um, I went to the grocery store and looked at Gatorade and I said, okay, how much sodium does it have? And then I looked at V8 and the spicy V8 was, had a lot more sodium. So I actually did spicy V8 instead of um, the, the Gatorade. Um, yeah, felt healthier anyway. <laughs> right. Um, and so then I went back in and had my sodium checked again and it was, it was still low. So I went back to the hospital and got another um, infusion of, of saline water. Um, and then things got normal again. I got, I got healthy. But it was one of the things going forward that I always, when I go to my doctor, I say, check my sodium and potassium. Even if that wasn't mm -hmm. on his normal test, mine tends to run low. So if I drink a lot of water and do a lot of exercise, I just have to be cognizant that my body hmm. could do something like that. Um, and wow. I think that's where, you know, one of the life lessons was don't go too hard and mm -hmm. then pay attention to other things besides just common rules. And I'm drinking water and I'm exercising and I'm not thinking that other things could go wrong, but you, you need to be aware of those things. So, and this was during that eight year up and down time yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that one I got, got into it about a week and a half and then I quit. Uh, you know, so that was the fail. Um, and, uh, so yeah, a lot of those, a lot of those where I would try something and fail, you know, the uh, insanity workout and fail. Um, that was a one day problem, one day try and then a fail. Uh, I had others where, yeah, I'd go for 30 days a month. I'd be working out, everything be good. I'll draw lose about uh, 10 pounds. And then, you know, a work trip would come up and I'd get busy mm. and then I, I wouldn't go back. Yeah. Um, you know, and so it, it took me eight years it was insane to learn that the difference between success and failure is about commitment. Everything that I'd ever done successfully passing the CPA exam, going through college, uh, everything I'd ever been really good at, mm -hmm. I was committed to. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because as I was looking over your information, something struck me as, as really in, an interesting thing. You said, um, over the next eight years, he rode countless waves of wellness and fatness. It was this roller coaster ride that made him decision, realize a decision, a decision wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, and then you went on to talk about a commitment. So I'm curious for you, what is the difference for you between making a decision and having a commitment? 
Well, it, com it comes down to uh, to one one core thing, but it's really two things. Um, one is when you make a commitment, you have this emotional investment to it. If you think about when you get married, okay, mm -hmm. um, that's not a decision. <laughs> that's a commitment. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you have a vision, and it's the second part of it, a vision of what your life with that person is going to be like. You know, mm -hmm. the house you're going to own, the kids you're going to have, the things that you're going to be able to do together, the, 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 the cool parts of growing old together. You know, you're thinking about all of those as this vision and you're emotionally yeah. invested. I mean, you, you remember that day for the rest of your life. Mm, you know, you'll yeah. forget what you had for dinner yesterday and you made a good decision to eat a good dinner, but you'll forget what you had, uh, but you won't forget your commitment. Ah, and so you're emotionally invested in it. And so. So if you approach your health and fitness with that kind of self-love, mm -hmm. so it's like I love myself enough to do good for myself, mm -hmm. that's a very powerful place to be because when you do that and you make that commitment to your own health and your own fitness or your own joy, your wellness, you go into this with a whole different mindset. Yeah. So when you did know, I, I you get yourself to that place? Like what was then? So you kind of had a couple of pivot points. There was that first one with the volleyball and then eight years of struggle. And then yeah. what, what defined that difference for you? The weirdness was actually, I was, I was laying, I was laying in a Malaysian hotel. I was working there. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the hotel and I was working over, I had to go over stay over a weekend. So this was a Saturday morning. I woke up and I was hungover and uh, you know, it was just that whole thing. I regurgitated my, my decision. I'm like I've, I've made this decision a hundred times. You know, I've pushed myself all these different times and I, I've failed every time. And I started thinking, why am I so successful in some things? Mm -hmm. And this is so elusive for mm -hmm. me. And that's when it hit me. It's like, I committed, you know, when I was studying for the CPA exam, I was insanely committed to that task. Uh, I lived it, breathed it. I played tapes at night when I was asleep so that I would absorb some of the tax law stuff. Wow. I, I had the workbooks with me. I carried with all my, all the time. And so if I had a spare moment, I had my break at work, 10 minute break, I'm in there working problems. Yeah. Um, I bought computer programs. I invested. That's the other side of it. I made huge investments uh, for me. I bought a new computer. I bought the software. I bought the tapes. I bought, you know, all kinds of books and I spent almost every waking hour subject to task. You know, I got to get this done. Now I still had a job. I still managed to go to the gym. I still managed to have a wife. Mm -hmm. um, so all those things were still there that people use as excuses. But because I had that commitment to pass that exam, none of those excuses matter. Yeah. You know, I said, I, I'll, I just got to make it fit. And, and I did. And, um, so I just kept putting in the time, kept putting in the time, kept putting in the time, and the results worked out. Um, so most people who are successful, you think about your successes in life. There was a commitment. There was a, there was a passion and a, and a deep emotional reason that you were doing that thing. Mm -hmm. You weren't doing it for someone else. You were doing it for yourself. Yeah. And you were really, really committed. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned having a vision of what, the what that marriage is going to look like right yeah um yeah. and I, I think that that is so key i mean it's 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 that that idea of visualization right it's it's yes. like letting yourself daydream 
almost for what is that thing that you want and being able to see yourself and place yourself right there in the middle of it, right? Is that what yes. the way you would describe that? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because what, what I did was I, 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 that, that same weekend, my, I, was, I was talking to my daughter and she was uh, in school. She was getting into, she was really into CrossFit and she was really into, she wanted to do these mud runs and stuff like that. And I'm like, I couldn't possibly do a CrossFit workout right now. Um, I couldn't possibly do one of those mud runs right now. And I said, but that's, that's, that's not who I am. Remember, I'm the athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I need to be able to do that. I mean, I, I, like, that's the missing part. I am, you know, I'm not in a very good relationship right now. I'm not really liking my job, but I'm really good at it. And I'm not healthy. I'm so, so I'm just miserable. And I shouldn't be that way. I've got to fix these other things. I've got to fix the relationships in my life. I've got to fix my job. If I can, I've got to fix, um, who, you know, who I am, healthy, health, fitness, all of it. So I decided, okay, the, the, the vision I had was me being able to do those things with my daughter, mm-hmm. not just go watch her do a competition, but actually do it mm-hmm. with her. Nice. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy, but you know, here I'm sitting out and I'm saying, okay, well, there's a, there's a run, you know, coming up and we can do that run. And it was a, it was a tough mutter and it was like 11 months off. Okay. And I said, let's do okay. this. 11 months and off. And she's yeah. like, yeah. And she said, okay, so, so who, who is this, this Tough Mudder? So, you know, the Tough Mudder, if you don't know, is a 12 to 13 mile mud obstacle course race. Okay. I have a friend and- who's done it. <laughs> just, for me, I'm like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it yeah. sounds insane to so, me, but you know, I get right. it. <laughs> And so what I knew was I, I, I would have to be stronger uh-huh. than I was. I would have to have more, a lot more endurance than I had. And I would have to weigh less. Uh, I couldn't carry all the weight I had. I was well over 250 pounds. I said, I can't carry this over an obstacle course. Yeah. Um, so I need to lose a good bit of yeah, it. Yeah, because those then, things are no I, joke. Those, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so I lost over 20% of my body wow. over 11 months. Mm-hmm. And just transform myself. And I was not slowing my daughter down on that. So yeah, so I managed to do the whole race. I, I, I did all the obstacles, except I did fail one of them. Uh, and I finished with my daughter, I didn't slow her down a bit. Uh, and I, I really, I really can't put to words the joy I had finishing that race holding hands with her. Oh, wow. You know, um, that that was why I did it. <laughs> you know, what? It's like my exact why. And it was, it was right there. So everything I had in my vision was, was right there in that moment. Mm-hmm. And wow. so, you know, I, I don't know, you know, we didn't have tough mutters when I was a kid. Uh, I don't know what my grandkids eventually will be doing, but I don't want to be a spectator for their life. I want to be yeah. with them. So, um, you know, whatever crazy thing they're trying to do, um, I, I'm going to get out there and do it too. Uh, regardless, I mean, we only have one right now and I'm sure there's others on the way. So I'm, I'm talking, you know, what am I going to be going to be doing in 20 years from now? Um, I don't know what it is, but it's probably going to be as crazy, if not crazier than a tough mutter. So um, I've got to stay ready. <laughs> That's right, man. I just, you know, just as simple as this, I was, um, you know, besides doing the podcast, I, I'm a photographer and I was shooting a wedding July 4th of this year, actually, nice little small family wedding. And it was at a uh, beach hotel um, in Madison, Connecticut. And I guess they've got bikes 
there for the people who are staying there. And I was seeing grandkids out riding bikes in the parking lot with their little grandchildren, you know, and I was like, yes, that, that is, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. When I think about my workouts, it's exactly that idea that I don't want to be sitting on the sidelines. I want to be in it with them, you know? Right. Yeah. And so that's, that's where truly the vision of all this comes in. And um, so, you know, as I started down that course, um, I, I ended my toxic relationships um, mm -hmm. and then I focused on the ones that were good. Um, mm -hmm. And I tell you, if you do that, good things are going to come your way. Um, I, wasn't able to necessarily get rid of the toxic job at the time. Um, mm -hmm. I, I did later and we can talk about that if you want. But, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but and, then, and then I worked on myself, you know, and I said, okay, well, this is going to be a year of, of me doing for me uh, the things that I should have been doing all along so that I can be the person I'm supposed to be. And I, I was able to accomplish that. So, you know, as a, to be in your forties and transform your health is, is difficult, but it, I can tell you right now, it's not impossible if you make the commitment. Mm -hmm. Make the commitment. You're going to do the things that are necessary. You're going to make the right investments. You're going to, you're not going to be swayed by things. You know, we don't, people talk about a cheat day on their diet. I'm like, well, you don't have cheat days on your spouse. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and they skip a workout, you know, five o'clock workout. They said, oh, I just couldn't get up. I said, well, if you were going to pick up your spouse at the airport at five o'clock in the morning, where would you be mm -hmm. at five o'clock in the morning? Right. And I'm like, show yourself the same respect and love yep. that you would show them. You know, uh, you wouldn't hit the snooze and go back to sleep. Um, you'd get up and go get your spouse. And so wow. if you're really committed to this, you're going to put that kind of effort into things. And oh my gosh, Alan, the next you. time I get up and think about not getting up, it, your, your, your words are going to be ringing in my ears. <laughs> you, have to, you have to love yourself enough to make this happen. That is huge. That is huge. Which also kind of takes me back to you talking about um, the investment that you put into passing your CPA Um and, and how important it is. It's an investment in yourself, yeah, right? It is. And it's hard. A lot of times it's hard for people to, to think in those terms. You know, they, they say, okay, well, uh, I would eat better, but it's, it's just so expensive to buy whole food, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, it's, it's expensive to not buy whole food. Uh, you just mm -hmm. spend that money on medication later uh, versus right. better food now. Um, so you have to think about this as not just the cost of what you're doing. You, yes, you need to invest and buy better food. Uh, yes, you might need to buy some gym equipment for your home or better shoes to do some running or a bicycle or an elliptical machine or whatever mm -hmm. you're going to enjoy doing or that's going to give you that vision. So, you know, part of the vision is you don't just say, um, I, I want to be stronger, but you never do any resistance training. You just ride a bicycle. Bicycle is mm -hmm. not going to make you stronger the way that resistance training would. So when you do have that vision in your head, that gives you an idea of what your goals should be. Yeah. And, that's pay then, me now or pay me later. Right. I always think about, um, you know, if I, am I do I want to be spending all my money on uh, doctor visits and uh, all the things that come with old age in that way, or, you know, take the time now to, to address that stuff. So hopefully, I, hopefully, absolutely. You know, I look, I have this, I say this and people think it's hilarious, but um, 
I want to be able to wipe my own butt when I'm 105. Right. Okay. <laughs> and, and when you try to unwrap that and you say, okay, well, oh, he wants to live past 105. Absolutely, I do. Uh, but I also want to be healthy enough and independent enough to take care of myself. Now, if I right don't do the right things, I might still live to 105. My grandfather lived to 95. Mm -hmm. So I might very well live to 105 and not be healthy. And then I'm paying for a nursing home. Yeah. Okay. So I think buying a little bit of grass fed beef and, and, you know, making sure that I'm getting good quality vegetables. Um, I think it's worth it in the end because it's going to make sure that I'm independent my entire life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm also interested because I know that, you know, you were a CPA and you're not anymore. <laughs> um, and, uh, I think it's really interesting that, I would say all of that started because you made a commitment to your physical health and you changed up your physical being. And, and it sounds like you did a lot of other personal work. Um, and then you came a career change for you. Would I, would that be yeah. correct? Yes. I, um, you know, I, I, I made the commitment to work on my health and part of that required me to start looking at things other than just the exercise. It was sleep, it was stress, it was food, it was, it was all of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so as I started to make these changes, I was like, you know, I need to remove toxic relationships. So I, I broke up with a long-term girlfriend um, mm -hmm. and, you know, that, that took a little while to work through, but, you know, did that, um, got myself healthy and fit. Um, and the funny thing is, is when you, when you go through something like this and it changes you, you become a, a different person. So when you become that vision, you just wrote, um, you just thought up, um, when you become that person, you're, you're a different person. You're hanging out with different people. You're, 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 you're thinking mm -hmm. different. You're acting different. Um, you're just doing different things. And when that was happening, it was like some of my past acquaintances, friends are like, what the heck did you just do? You know, you lost 66 pounds of fat. And where did it go? <laughs> you know, um, and I thought, you know, I could help people. And part of my journey as I was as I was doing this, and it's because I was traveling so much. I mean, I had a, a job as a, a internal auditor, and the most hated person in the company. But I did a lot of traveling, and so I would spend ninety percent of the time on the road. Um, wow. And so that's grueling, huh? Oh, it, it is, but it is, but it isn't. I mean, I loved it. I you know, was able to go to so many different countries and see different things. And, and yeah, that's, really that's was cool. what I wanted. It was, that was one of the things that I wanted out of my career was the world travel. And so I'm doing this world travel and, but it made it very hard to train. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm in my forties. I can't train like I did when I was in my twenties and everything that's in my head is built around the design of, of flex magazine from the 1980s. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not, not going to be able to train like that. Um, I'll break. And so I said, but I don't really know, you know, the protocols. I don't know some, what I should be doing for my own programming. Uh, I can't hire a personal trainer because I'm traveling and I you know, couldn't meet them at a gym mm -hmm. consistently to do anything. And I'm not just going to pay them for a program. I'm, I'm going to learn this myself. So I went, I actually went back to school, if you will. I started taking a, a correspondence course for, um, uh, to become a personal trainer. And my whole goal all along was I will be the trainer I need. So I, I took the course, I, I got my uh, CPT, I went and got a uh, specialty in corrective exercise because I noticed some of my movement patterns weren't right. I hmm. went and did one on fitness, nutrition. Uh, I did functional aging specialist and yeah. So I had, I had trained up to be a personal trainer, but I really didn't have this 
a huge desire until people started asking me. I'm like, this is not that hard, but it is that hard if you don't know that 90% of it's mindset. Mm -hmm. And I said, so maybe I'll just go ahead and start a podcast and I'll get a client and I'll work with the client and we'll have that as a part of the podcast. So I launched the 40 plus fitness podcast in December of uh, 2015. I actually came up with the concept in uh, early part of that year and got really engaged in it around July. Uh, so I had about, you know, five months in before I really even launched the podcast, but I launched the podcast um, and it's done really well. Um, we now have, I think episode 444 went live as we're recording this uh, today. But, uh, and I've interviewed over 275 uh, experts in the field. So they, they send me a copy of their book. I read their book and we have a really cool conversation. Um, but I did want, yeah, I did start doing some online personal training and I still had my, my regular job. It's just when I'm traveling around the world, it's easy enough for me to get online and coach. Oh, so you that. were, you started off doing it online. How perfect for yeah. now. And, and right. My, my, yeah. My base goal. Well, my base goal was, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to transition out of my audit career at some point. Uh -huh. uh, and you know, I said, so I'll start the podcast. I'll start doing some training on the side. So I'll have everything in place and kind of built a platform for when I'm ready to transition over. Um, due to layoffs at my company and the long, long story, but a very stressful three last three years I had in that, at that job, which was part of the reason why I wanted to transition out, um, was that they laid us off. They laid off my whole department and outsourced yeah. the function. Mm -hmm. And, um, which looks good on your, on your financials because you can say you have fewer people, but they actually end up spending more money. So it's, it, it's not really a cost savings thing. So it's kind of silly to say it's a cost savings things to get rid of people. Um, hmm. but you're just going to have to outsource the function. It's ridiculous, but that's fine. They laid me off. Uh, and I came home and I was talking to my wife, you know, we have a nice house on the beach and I was like, um, I don't want to go back. I, I, I don't like sitting in corporate boardrooms talking mm -hmm. about people like they don't exist, like they're just a number on a spreadsheet. Uh, words like headcount and span of control were just driving me nuts because mm -hmm. it was a weekly conversation about people's lives that we were mm -hmm. making these decisions for bot the bottom line of a company um, that in reality wasn't really struggling that much. Um, but they wanted to cut headcount, so we were cutting headcount. And that meant people were losing their jobs. Yeah. And when it came my time and I lost my job, I was like, why would I, I just don't want to go back to that. I said, so I, I, I got to I got to make this personal training gig thing work. Um, and so I started pushing a little bit more on it and I wrote the book, the wellness roadmap, uh, and released that it, was a, it became an award-winning book. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Um, I've met a lot of people because I published that book and, um, you know, it, I've just been basically trying to grow my personal training brand um, since. That's amazing. What an amazing transfer of, of, of everything. I'm just completely blown away by it. And I, I only recently discovered you. So I'm just going to tell you right now, I've not read your book, but I'm going to be picking it up for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, this is just incredible. I also noticed, I mean, you've got the, um, the 40 plus fitness community with almost 13,000 followers. Yeah, so the, yeah, the page, how does the page that all work? About, what do you? Well, hmm. you know, Facebook is, Facebook is mean. Um, <laughs> can I say it? Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you build up a page and that's a brand awareness thing and people know about it. Uh, but the reality is Facebook doesn't want to show you what's on a page. So if you've ever liked a page, you probably never see anything from that page. It's mm -hmm. not because they're not publishing anything to it. It's, it's because Facebook just is only going to show a few people. And if those people like it, then it'll show a few more. Because mm -hmm. Facebook's about engagement. Now, if you join a group, that's different. You'll see what the things that are coming out of a group. So I shifted my fo focus from growing that, that Facebook page to growing the group. And so I'm really active gotcha. on the Facebook group. Um, right now, we've got over 1,100 people in the group. And uh, it's just a really cool dynamic. I, I run a weekly challenge. Uh, you know, something simple that we can, we can work on this week for, for people who are motivated to do uh, challenge related things. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, it's, and it's, I did uh, just join your group, by the way. Okay. So I'm yeah, I, I saw you. I said, I said, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> right, so I, am, I am active out there. And if you, if you go out there and say hi on Facebook, uh, it's me, uh, you know, it's, it's me uh, responding in the group. So um, I don't have a social media manager or anybody like that. It's, it's me mm -hmm. on there. Um, and I love that. I love that opportunity to interact and ask people what they think and, uh, you know, just get people moving in the right direction, post motivational quote. But, you know, at any rate, yeah, I built those up. What those are just a good conduit for me to have a conversation uh, with the people that I'm, I'm here to serve, you know. So if you if you're like the podcast and you like what I'm doing with the book, um, you're just going to get more of it on the Facebook group. I post a weekly challenge. Uh, it's a pretty mm -hmm. simple thing. Like, you know, I think it was uh, this week we're talking about getting outside, just trying to get outside a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. And that's going to help you because the sunshine is going to uh, give you some vitamin D. It's going to help your immune system. Um, being outside is, is going to lift your spirits, particularly if you're in nature. Um, mm -hmm. So trying to get out into nature and get some of that, you know, if you live near a beach, go to a beach. If you live near a forest, go to a forest. Uh, just spending some time in nature is going to relax you. Uh, it's going to de-stress you. Uh, the moving around the movement uh, is very, very important. So just getting out and moving in nature is what this week's challenge is about. So I'll post a little bit about that. I'll post some motivational quotes. Uh, most people on Facebook are, you know, just, they're just going to respond with the likes. Um, they may say something uh, if it, if it sparks an interest. So there'll be people to say things, but it's not, it's not overwhelming. I know a lot of groups I get on and one person will post a comment and because what they posted is somewhat uh, uh, con um, condescending or it's, uh, oh. you know, it's, 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 it's just something. And then all of a sudden everybody's on it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so someone mm -hmm. will say something about, you know, uh, not eating red meat and then, blah, you know, everybody's going crazy on this, on oh, some of the boy. groups that I follow. And so I, I don't want it to be that. So I don't mm -hmm. really kind of get into that. You know, I'm, I'm agnostic as far as what you eat. Um, I just think it should be whole food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've talked to hundreds of experts on this and that's, that's the one common thread. They say, you know, this, they say, if it, whether they're vegan, I say, you need to be a vegan and this is what you eat, whole food. And then you talk to a uh, carnivore, what do you eat? Whole food. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the one commonality they all have. And then they have their own way of eating within that realm. But the reason their way of eating is healthy, in my opinion, is that it's a whole food diet. They yeah. understand their nutrition. They understand what they need because if they're going vegan, they, they're probably going to need to supplement with B12. Um, if they're going to go carnivore and they're not going to eat the organ meats, they need to supplement with some vitamins and some minerals because they're just not going to get that from their meat. Um, 
but they know that and they've done the research, they've studied that. And as a result, they're eating healthier and that's why they're losing weight and feeling good. Um, so one way is not better than the other. The way that works for you is the, is the better way. Um, yeah. What do you suggest like in this time with, with COVID and everything and uh, the gyms being shut down? Like my husband had gotten into a pretty good routine with his friend um, where they were going well, five days a week, I would say to the gym. And there was, you know, there's a pool there and the whole thing. My husband turns out loves to swim, which he only found out later on in life. Um, and now, I mean, thank goodness it's summer. And we are able to get out in nature and, and we've been doing a lot of kayaking and I got a paddleboard this year. Very exciting. <laughs> awesome. um, and uh, so I've never walked so much in my life since this whole thing started. It's, it's a, I got a lot of walking going on and, and I do a bunch of home stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't really want to go to the gym. I like do yoga and I do floor exercises and, and push-ups and core and stuff like that. But um, but for him, they had started like a weight training routine and all of a sudden getting hit with COVID was like, ah, so he picked up, you know, he went and got his bench, his old bench from his mom's basement, you know, mm-hmm. and, but he isn't really using it. And it's been, it's been harder for him to make the adjustment during yeah. this time. Uh, and, and I can, I can completely uh, understand why it is. Um, we get into a routine and routine makes things easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we know I've got a friend, I'm going to meet them at the gym on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at this time, uh, we've got accountability, mm-hmm. we've got companionship, it, right? you know, yeah. so it's, it's just fun. You get to have that, that time with them, uh, that you're not worried about, you know, what's going on at work or, you know, this or that, you, you know, the world, uh, you have a routine and that just makes everything so much easier. Uh, when we get thrown out of that routine, it, it can really make it difficult. But that's why you want to go back to that commitment and you want to say, why was I doing this mm-hmm. and what can I do? So, you know, uh, he might not be able to swim um, or he might, I don't know. But, you know, if it, even if it was winter time and he wasn't able to swim, he should be thinking about, okay, well, what are the things that I, I wanted in that vision that I can get another way? Or are there ways that I can keep myself physically fit enough that when it comes back to swimming, I won't have lost ground. So, mm-hmm. you know, having a good cardiovascular fitness is, is very important for, for swimming. So yeah. maybe he takes up bicycling or kayaking or, you know, walking uh, or running. Um, those, those, those activities, while not directly swimming, will help improve his swimming. And maybe he thinks, okay, you know, I was doing so well with the swimming. Uh, maybe when all this stuff's over, I might want to do a triathlon. Mm-hmm. He's already got the swimming down. So he starts working on the, on the bike and the run. Yeah. And then as soon as the swimming pool is open back up, he knows he's going to have to go through a cycle uh, of figuring out the swimming pool again and getting good at that. But at this point now he's fully trained up to do a triathlon. Yeah. For so, him, it, w- it works real well. Like they did a sprint triathlon together about five or six years ago and that yeah. got them, they, they really were very committed to that. And just he, my husband, what is it? He likes to say he's kind of like a hundred percent or nothing. You know, he's, yeah. he's not an 80, 20 kind of guy. <laughs> it's gotta well, be like, yeah. And, and I, like I would say, you know, get, get accountability, find a way to get accountability. That's mm-hmm. definitely going to help you. That's, that's one of the w- reasons I, 
really enjoy what I do as an online uh, personal trainer is that I can give you that accountability. I mean, I have my clients, we talk about their workout programs um, mm-hmm. and then they do them and I see them doing them and we talk about them. And if they need guidance or help, I'm there to help them. So while I'm not there counting reps, they still have that accountability. They still have that guidance um, and they're still getting what they want. Um, you don't have to have a gym membership to get in shape. Uh, I happen to be someone who really likes gyms. That's why I bought one. But, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it, you, you don't have to have a gym membership, but you, but you have to have the things that are necessary to get you to your vision. Do you find that there's anything that helps to, um, to establish the routines and the habits that you need? Like, are, is there any, is yeah. there any little trick that you use to, to get a new habit going or a new routine going? Yeah. As a part of my wellness GPS, this is the third part. It's the S in GPS mm-hmm. uh, and it's called self-awareness. And so, you know, things that you're, you know, about yourself, like I, I know I'm, I'm just like you described your husband. I'm, I'm all or none. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a moderation guy. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, at practically anything. Um, so, you know, when I, when I want to get something done, then it's like, okay, my self-awareness is that I want to do this. And what are the obstacles that are going to keep me from doing it? And once I kind of understand, okay, what are my physical limitations? What are my uh, physical capacities? So I know I can do certain things. and I know I can't do other things. I know my mental capacity and my mental limitations. And so by knowing those, I can then start putting in strategies around the things that are going to trip me up. So, you know, maybe I say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, um, I'm going to work out at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's my workout time. And then I get a call from a buddy says, Hey, meet me over at the brewery and let's have a couple beers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> Oh, that sounds good. Right. well, I want to do both. Uh, and which one do I want to do more? Um, if you've if you've set yourself to task with the commitment and then you've got the strategies to sit there and say, okay, look, I, I need to get my lifting in. Mm-hmm. Uh, our brewery happens to still be sort of with an out it's, it's, it's in a building, but it's there's no air conditioning. it's pretty much wide open. So I would say it's an outdoor thing. If I'm a little sweaty when I go over there, no one's gonna care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, let me get my lifting done. It'll take me about an hour. I'll meet you over there at five. There you go. See, for me, I've got to get my stuff. I know for me, for me, I got to get it done in the morning. If it's, if it's, if it's not first thing in the morning, it's forget about it. And I have, and I ended up, um, learning to, I use my phone to to wake me up my phone alarm. And I, I I learned to take my cell phone and put it across the room so that I have to literally (laughs) put my feet on the floor in the morning to get my butt out of bed. And those are what those are. Those are strategies. You've, you've, Mm -hmm. you've established a, a strategy set that will overcome the obstacle of wanting to sleep a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's amazing I, how it works too. You'd think yeah. I could just, I'd say easy enough to just turn around and go get right back into bed, but I don't <laughs> most days. Yeah. And, and that's, and so that's, that's kind of the, the base point of, of these, the self-awareness and then the strategy and you put mm-hmm. that strategy in place and then you, you focus on execution of that strategy. Now um, per, an example I used in the book was um, if, if, I drove an hour to work every day, okay, and an hour back. And if I wanted to go to gym, I like to go to the gym in the afternoon. I'm just weird like that. But I want to go about two or three o'clock most times. And so that's what I did. I, I made that my, my, my work hour, and I actually plugged into my calendar a busy. 
Mm-hmm. And is else... this while you were still a CPA? Yeah. Yeah. This is while I was doing the You inst- did it while you were working. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. And, and, and so this is part of my, you know, again, what I wanted, I wanted to my mm-hmm. vision and I'm like, I have to, I have to do this. So at two o'clock every day, I had an hour blocked out on my schedule to go to the gym and I would pack my gym bag the night before. And I literally would put it at the door that I would have mm-hmm. to trip over it. I'd have to trip <laughs> over it on my way out. So yes. by packing it the night before, I could make sure I had everything. So I, I packed both shoes. I packed socks. I, I knew everything was in there mm-hmm. because I had a particular packing list. I knew exactly what needed to be in there for me to change out of my work clothes, which was a suit and tie, to being able to into this. And um, quite literally, that was my, my, my plan. And I'd make sure that gym bag went into my... Um, truck every day before I drove to work. Um, so the strategies were have the gym bag packed, had it sitting in front of the door, um, and mm-hmm. set that time on my calendar. And block so the calendar, yeah. yeah. So I can't miss it. And and you got that meeting minder that ticks up, you know, 15 minutes before your meeting and says, ding, gym time. Mm-hmm. And th- there I am. You know, I'm like, okay, let's go get uh, changed out of these. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times my boss would call me right at two o'clock and, you know, I'd be walking out the door and I'm dressed for gym. And he's like, uh, can you talk to me for a minute? I'm like, sure. I've come up, go up to his office. I'm walking through C-suite with, um, <laughs> you know, right? my shorts and t-shirt on. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm going to take my lunch hour and go to the gym. And he's like, oh, and then he would say what he had to say. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I got this right after lunch. I mean, right after my um, workout. Okay. And he's like, uh-huh. got it. And I'm off to the gym. Um, so, you know, again, it was, it was the commitment, it was the strategies. And then over time that just becomes habit because you and just then do it, people you do knew it, you do the, it. and then P, you, you trained people around you too, right. Yeah. To know what to expect from you, that that was two o'clock every day. Uh, now, I, and, so and, I carried my phone. If my boss called me or my boss's boss called mm-hmm. me, uh, yes, I pick up that phone. If it was mm-hmm. anyone else, I'm like, okay, this, this can wait an hour. Mm-hmm. And I'll call him when I get done with my workout. So yes, there were times my boss would call her, he'd call him, want me in his office and be like, okay, let me finish up this, this workout. I'll be there. And he was like, okay, cool. Um, but you just, you, you just, you, you've got this commitment to yourself and you just, you're showing up and you're not letting obstacles that you know are going to be there. I know my boss is going to call me. I know people are going to want to schedule meetings, um, but it's, it's just non-negotiable. Yeah. I have to ask you a question because I know we're running short on time, but I, I have to ask you about your recent move um, because I think that is fascinating. What you've, yeah. where, where are you living now? <laughs> okay. Um, to preface it, this, I, I, I had a dream when I was, uh, when I was 25 years old, I was, I was on the beach. I was actually, it wasn't a dream. It was a, uh, it was a vision, if you will, of mm-hmm. the house I was going to have. I was on the beach in Pensacola and I saw this beautiful house. It was this beautiful blue. It was big. It was right on the beach. And I, I was walking around admiring this house and they had a birdhouse. It was a complete replica of the house. It was the most fascinating thing I've ever awesome. seen. In my, I'd ever seen in my life. I'm 25 years old. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Uh, I want a house on this beach. And less than 25 years later, I had a house on that beach. Um, that was about the same size. (laughs) Again, going back to like vision and visualization, right? You you knew what you wanted and how do you get where you're going unless you know what you want, but go ahead. I I, I had the house. I had a very expensive Uh house (laughs) and, um, 
it was expensive to carry, even though the mortgage was paid off and everything was cool. I was like, you know, I'm still paying insurance and taxes and, and all of the upkeep. And I'm like, this is just a very expensive house. And um, personal training, you don't get into it to get rich. You get into it to help people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's my payment. My payment is when I see a client having a good month and they're getting their results and they're feeling really good about themselves. That's how I get paid. Uh, so, you know, I said, you know, I could push myself a lot harder with this thing, maybe take on some contracts uh, that I don't want to do um, mm -hmm. to keep this house. Or, and my wife and I were sitting down uh, watching a TV show um, on Netflix uh, from the BBC. Um, it was called uh, Death in Paradise. Uh, and it was set in an island very close to very much like where we did our um, honeymoon. And so we both love beaches. We both love the tropics. Mm -hmm. um, and so she had always said she wanted to just sell everything and move down to Key West. And I says, well, the cost of living in Key West is not in, much cheaper than it is here. Yeah, I it's said, expensive what, down there. What if we went somewhere where it was cheaper? And she says, well, what do you have in mind? I said, well, what about Panama? Pocas del Toro. And she had never heard of it. I'd been here before with my daughter on a trip. Um, mm -hmm. So I knew about it. And I said, well, I said, it's, it's like Key West 30 years ago. And she said, really? Oh. I, said, I said, yeah. I'm like, nice. you know, no fast food, uh, none of that stuff. I said, it's, you know, it's probably, it's probably a little bit more touristy now than it was then. But I said, um, let's check it out. And she said, sure. Um, she was interested in Belize. So she planned a trip to Belize. I planned a trip here. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we picked between the two and we picked Bocas del Toro. So yes, we sold our house. We sold most of our stuff um, and we moved down to Panama and we worked with a attorney to get our residency. So we're, we're full-time residents of um, Panama. Wow. Good and for I you. A, and I live on a Caribbean Island that doesn't get hurricanes. Cause that was one of the scariest things when you have a very expensive investment sitting on the water and mm -hmm. hurricanes coming into the Gulf. Um, you're like, okay, is this the time I lose my house? Because I was sitting at my house when the hurricane came through and destroyed um, uh, near Panama City, the was it called Mexico City, um, you know, beach. Uh, you know, so you know, hurricane at any point in time could destroy our house, and um, mm -hmm. I, you know, there was a little bit of stress every hurricane season, which stretches oh, from yeah. June to November, um, and so we we're just, just you know, here I live on the Caribbean. Uh, actually look out over the water. Uh, we have no hurricanes uh, really? for the most part. Wow. Yeah. And, and the way the islands are set up, we're an archipelago, the way the islands are set up, there's a break. So if you want to do surf, you just go to the north sides of these islands and it's just wonderful surf, some of the best in the world. Uh, if you just want to do your paddleboard, uh, it's calm just about everywhere else. So you can paddleboard wow. anywhere here. You can kayak anyone, anywhere here. It's, it's just really Clearly cool. I need to come down there. <laughs> Sounds fabulous. But it, but it was part of the whole, you know, when you when you start looking at the pillars of health, you know, your nutrition, your exercise, your sleep and your stress, um, the work environment of, of um, you know, being an internal auditor and, and all of the conflict and strife that goes with, with doing that job. Um, I didn't want that anymore. And I didn't really want the concern and fear of my house blowing away in a hurricane plus just thousands and thousands of dollars in insurance and taxes uh, because, yeah. you know, insurance companies don't want to insure you if a hurricane can blow your house away. So they pretty much assume it's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that, and that your insurance is 
insanely high because of it. Um, and then you're in a really nice location and you know your other value of your house is expensive. So your taxes are expensive. So mm -hmm. it was it just, it was just is, a lifestyle yeah. that I didn't want to keep supporting because it was not serving me. Yeah. And you did it. Get, yeah. And I knew you, I could get you, the same lifestyle uh, at a much lower cost here. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a, a quick question for you. Is, is there anything, well, let me see how to put this. Was, is there anything you wish you had known when you either, when, when you decided to maybe get your, to become a, a, a um, sorry, I can't even talk anymore, a personal trainer or, um, or when you made the move that you made to move down to uh, Panama? Um, why didn't I do this earlier? Uh, you know, no, uh, just regret yeah. for not having done <laughs> no, it earlier. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not even regret. You know, it's everything. I, 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 I was actually asked this. I was, I was in the army and I was standing before a board to go to OCS. And one of the, one of the colonels asked me that question. He says, um, if you could change one thing in your life, um, would you? And, and why? And I, I, I turned to him and I said, I said, I wouldn't change a thing. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, you, you know, you've got this, uh, this arrest and when you were 19 and da, 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 da. And I said, he said, wouldn't you want to change that? I said, I said, no, I said, everything I've done has led me to this point of mm -hmm. where I am right now. And I said, and I think I'm in a pretty good place. So no, I wouldn't change anything because I like what I'm doing. I like who I am. I like what, if I didn't like who I was, I didn't like what I was doing, then I have to think about changing it. And I, I think, you know, if, if I was going to say anything, it's, it's look and jump, you know, um, don't keep looking. If you, if you know, you need to do this for yourself, do mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, life is, say life is long, but, uh, life is short. Um, if you, if, if you're miserable, um, <laughs> you know, that it's really like some, I, I can't remember who said this or, and I hope I can get to the point of it quickly, but it, it's like, um, you sit and, and you think, yeah, life is long. Oh, I've got time. I can, I can do that tomorrow. Right. There, there's a sense of, uh, it's almost like you need to develop a sense of urgency in order to get something done that you really want. Um, because we're, we're so bad at playing the long game. Um, it's, it's like you to get this podcast done for myself it was something I thought about doing for two years. And all of a sudden at the end of 2019, I was like, I can't just keep thinking about this. This has got to be something that I just have to do. And now I just need to put a date on it and go for it. Um, but to create a, almost a sense of false urgency, because otherwise yeah. I don't know if I would have made any moves forward. You know, well, the interesting thing is, and you should be very, very proud of this stat is most podcasters, do seven episodes and pod fade. I'm just past that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So <laughs> what you're doing is working, you know, it's, 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 it's serving you. And I, and I think that's the thing is don't be afraid. Nothing's nothing is truly permanent. You know, it's just, just don't be afraid to try something. You know, if you want to, um, if you want to learn how to speak a language, commit to it. Mm -hmm. and, and then, and then do it. And, um, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You, you've, you've wasted some time learning a language you're never going to use, uh, or you enjoyed learning something new and you turned on new brain, uh, neurons mm -hmm. and you, you're, you know, it really is all about who you become 
when you do the thing that you do, I think. Yes. And, yeah. and so if you're, if, if you're committed to do something, then you'll do it. But to know what to commit to, I would just say, what is, what is truly serving you? If, if you, you know, you looked at the vision and, you know, I talked about the house and I talked about my fitness and, uh, you know, we both wanted to be on the beach and, uh, my wife happens to love sloths, which they have here. Um, so, you know, we just started saying, what are the things that are going to bring us the most joy? And, uh -huh. and this was it. Now, you know, we have one grandchild, but you know, our, our kids, there's, you know, we got four kids together. So eventually, you know, the others are going to have kids. I know my wife is going to want to go grandbaby hugging. Um, and so I'm sure she's going to want to take some trips. So it's like, okay, how do I get the lifestyle and make sure that I have the revenue to afford to take trips back to the United States? Cause it's just not cheap. Right. Um, and so I say, okay, I want to be able to, to provide that for my wife because I know that's going to be important to her. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have to put in the time and the effort to do that. So, you know, where you're putting together something, uh, with this platform, with your podcast, um, you're drawing in positive vibes because you're doing something good for people. And if they see value in that, then, you know, it opens up all kinds of opportunities for you to help a lot more people. Yeah. Um, so I'm, you know, you should be very proud. Let's sure hope so. I'm loving this. doing it. I well, will and, say I, that. and that's all that really matters is, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, if I was doing this podcast and it, it didn't have a single listener, um, would I, would I keep doing it? And the answer is probably no. But if I had one listener, what I'd probably do is just tell them to give me a call and let's schedule a weekly telephone conversation because <laughs> <laughs> there's no reason for me to spend the money to do a podcast. Um, but I happen to have quite a few listeners and, you know, I'm in the top 100 for alternative health. So I'm very proud of what the podcast has done, you know, the, the Facebook stuff and the, you know, the things I'm able to do there. Um, and then just the, the clients, um, you know, when someone signs on for me uh, with me that, I mean, that's, I, I, I take that so serious. I, I, I don't phone it in, you know, I'm, I'm there. Uh, I'm invested mm -hmm. in my clients. Uh, even if it's just them buying a $19 ebook, um, I am there. If they email me, I'm, I'm going to be responding. It's me. Um, so, you know, I, I, I take that very serious because that's my payment. My payment is when I see a client accomplish something. Yeah, I can totally hear that in in what in the way you talk about what you do, um, how how devoted you are to that to helping people. It's very cool. Um, so, what are you excited about? What's coming up next for you? Okay, well, um, you know, I, I I keep launching new programs here and there. Um, I recently launched one that was my. Um, it's it's basically I don't know, and I don't know. It's one of those things. Like, why didn't I do this earlier? Um, kind of mm -hmm. moments when because I, I use some of this stuff with my clients, but I've never actually sat down and said, what were the first workouts that I did when I did my transformation? Ah, and I developed, uh -huh. I developed it because I said, okay, one, it has to be simple stuff, compound movements, things like that, that I know how to do. Um, so there were those exercises. I said, it needs to be something I can do with barbells and dumbbells because uh, most of the gyms that I would access when I'm traveling, I would have access to dumbbells and, and so many of them I'd also have uh, barbells. So it had mm -hmm. to be something like that. Um, so no special equipment, no, you know, this kind of machine, that kind of machine, just, just barbells right. and dumbbells. And it's, it's my, the first three months of my program, exactly what I did for my transformation. Uh, so I've launched that. 
Um, and then uh, the other thing is I'm, I'm in the process of kind of taking a bunch of ideas that I had, you know, part of it is the wellness GPS and the other is a, a thing I did called the identity grid. Um, and I'm rolling them together uh, into a guide I call rewriting your second, the second half of your life. Um, and, you know, even though it's a, it's, it's intended to be for people in the health and fitness, uh, you know, just trying to find their health and fitness. I mean, that's what kind of drives this. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really anything you want to do. So if you want right to change your on. career, if you want to. Boy, you are in my sweet spot language, there. That is right you know, on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's really that kind of thing to say, you know, what, yeah. what how do you go about doing this and, and knowing it's the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a lot of soul searching. You're going through your GPS. So you're, you're understanding your why. You're understanding your vision. You're, you're going through and you're saying, okay, now, how do I get started so I know that I'm moving in the right direction? So you're setting the SMART goals. And then you're, you're looking for those obstacles and the things that would hold you back uh, from being successful. And when you get through with that, you know exactly where you want to go and you know exactly where you're coming from. And that's the beauty of it is you're not going to waste a lot of time because you're going to know the path, you know? Um, yeah. And then I take it a, a, a roll deeper and say, okay, now to truly make sure all of this aligns, uh, then you need to go through and look at these channels and say, what are the, what are, what are my fundamental reasons? You know, I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be fit. Uh, and I want to have good relationships with my family. Um, so if those are my four core tenants, then what am I doing on a regular basis to make that happen? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because if I, I, for me, you know, like you've talked about your husband, 100%, I, I can get really, really focused on one thing and ignore everything else. And so I have to make sure, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I want to write this ebook, but I also have to go to the gym. So don't skip the gym to keep working on the ebook. Um, even though I really want to get that ebook done quickly. Uh, so it's that kind of thing of saying, okay, I've got my channels and I have to make sure I'm applying myself in all four channels. So I set goals, smart goals around each of those channels. Mm -hmm. and, and that way I know I'm moving forward in a, in a on very, each one. Yeah, yeah. very, very important to have that balance because that was when I was the fat bastard, I was entirely unbalanced. I only had one thing really working for me and that was my career. That was work, right? Yeah. And if, you know, and so you just, everything else was wrong. My, my relationships with my family were wrong. My, my, you know, my health was wrong. My fitness was wrong. Um, and I just, I was miserable. And I was like, I, there's, there's zero reason for me to be miserable. Um, you know, and they say money can't buy you happiness. And I'll, I'll vouch for that. You know, I, I could, I could buy anything I wanted, um, but I, I, I was just miserable. So um, you got to be moving forward all the channels uh, on a regular basis. Some of them you might spend a little bit more time on because that's really, really important to you in the short run. Um, but in a general sense, um, you got to be, you got to be thinking and focused on all of them. Yeah. That's fantastic. How do people find you? Um, and I'm going to put stuff in the show notes as well. Yeah. Well, I, I want to make it easy for you. So uh, it's the, the, the website is 40plusfitnesspodcast.com. And then you'll mm -hmm. go to the slash bloomer. 
So 40plusfitnesspodcast.com forward slash bloomer. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a special page set up for you. It'll introduce you to where you, you can get that uh, ebook I just talked about, Rewriting the Second Half of Your Life. Uh, it, it introduces you to the podcast. It introduces you to my book. Uh, and it'll give you some information about some of my training. So that is so exciting. It's really easy for them to learn a lot about me in one concise little location. Very cool. And they can get the ebook that way. That is awesome. Thank you so much. You're that welcome. is very Thank exciting. You. Thank you for yeah. having me on the show. Yeah, man. Oh man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dig. I kind of want to go work out now. <laughs> good. Good. I, I did my <laughs> it's job. It's the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it. You know, I don't know what your weakness is when it comes to food, but for me, it's cereal before bed. Oh, go figure. <laughs> uh, I know that doesn't sound like such a big deal, right? Anyway, um, so now, you know, I guess when I, when I get the urge to head for a bowl at night, I'm going to be thinking about my commitment. How about you? Anyway, how long do you think I'll last? <laughs> Hey, oh, by the way, it's a historic moment. Da, da, da. We're giving away our first freebie. As a special thank you to you guys just for listening to the end, Alan is generously offering you a free copy of his new ebook, How to Rewrite the Second Half of Your Life. Isn't that perfect? Uh, that's a resource he's offering for listeners of this podcast. I'm so excited. You can find that link at 40plusfitnesspodcast.com slash bloomer. And the 40 is the number 40. So it's 40plusfitnesspodcast.com slash, that's a forward slash bloomer. Okay. I'll put a link to it in the show notes also. Thank you so much for listening. Oh yes. Next week. We go deep talking about the mind-body connection. We'll be talking to Susan Bernstein, who holds a PhD in mind-body psychology and is an executive coach and leadership consultant. She has her own interesting pivot story and some good insights into the decision-making process. Hey, I would love to hear from you if you have any story suggestions or burning questions. So please feel free to send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. And you can find me on both of those platforms by searching for Late Bloomer Living, of course. And if you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you have a fantastic week. Talk soon.